everybody stand the joke man here oh wedding bells in the air yeah nikki haley well she attended her daughter's wedding over the weekend I read a Republican editorial this morning. It's making a bit of a stink about Nikki Haley's daughter's wedding and the off-white dress that Nikki Haley dared wear. That's right. Did you get that off-white dress? Well, it's true. Nikki Haley, she did wear an off-white gown to her daughter's wedding. It looked more like a burp-up white this conservative editorial dedicated an entire front page story to the off-white dress Nikki Haley wore to her daughter Rena's wedding. <laughs> I have a hunch this editorial didn't have a fucking thing to do with Nikki Haley's off-white fucking dress. No, it has everything to do with Nikki Haley's off-white new son-in-law. Yeah, Rena's new husband, Josh, who happens to be black. <laughs> from Wednesday's storm here in Oklahoma. Tornadoes out the wazoo and, of course, hail damage. You know, there were reports of hail the size of at least tennis ball size hail rained down Wednesday night, and, you know, it softened up the homes before the twisters come in and cleaned them off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Insurance claims out the ass. Uh, people are injured, property completely extinguished. Even a news helicopter got creamed by the hail over there in uh, Oklahoma City. It looks like the... Uh, Bob Mills Sky News 9 chopper out of OKC was tracking a tornado when a cannonball-sized piece of hail, you know, crashed right through the guy's freaking windshield. I'm guessing he was probably drunk on Wildcat. Yeah, Wildcat Moonshine. And the only reason why I say that is because people drunk on Wildcat Moonshine have a tendency to hold their shit together, keep their cool. Unlike other alcohol... They tend to keep their cool. So, you know, that piece of hail come through the windshield? Not that one. The other one. There it is. That'd be, if he was drunk on Wildcat, that'd be the only way he could maintain control of a, you know, chopper and land it safely. See? Alcohol serves a purpose sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of drunk driving, did you hear about that asshole in Texas? He got prosecuted for his ninth DWI. And uh, the courts in Texas said enough is enough. He was sentenced to life. Holy shit. If you live down there in uh, Texas and uh, you're a friend of Chris Stamford's, you're probably not going to see him around anymore if you're a drinking buddy of his. Christopher Farron Stamford, 50 years old, given a life sentence in prison after receiving his ninth DWI, claiming he was just unlucky. No, no, they don't throw you in prison for unlucky. They throw you in prison for drunk, dumbass. Anyway, um, he has to serve at least 15 years on a life sentence. That's not a life. Well, I guess, yeah, 50 to 65. Yeah, 
He's got to serve at least 15, so see you at 65, man. Hey, I hear they make great booze in prison. Yeah, drugs too. Enjoy. Forgive me, folks. I'm beat to hell. I overdo myself every... I never really have a day off. I'm always busy, and I'm always doing something. I started working on a um, a rosebush garden arch, if you will, for... um, you know, just for the house. It's beautiful. At least I think it's beautiful. For all I know, it's it probably looks like shit, but I don't care. It's important to me. And, uh, uh, you know, we. I'm not going to go into the details to why I'm building it and everything. What I can say is, you know, we got 20-plus-year-old rose bushes on the side of the house, and I want to give them something to grow on. And I thought, damn it, you know, I could either spend two, three, four hundred $400 on one of these pre-built aluminum arches to put up there, It'll look nice for a couple of years and then fall apart and you know, I'll just be out. Or I could spend three or four hundred more and build it myself and get something top shelf. So I went to the hardware store up there in Oak Mulgee. OMG, oh, have you seen the price of lumber? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I figure if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all the way. And make no mistake about it, folks, I can't afford it. But we'll just call it a tax return. And um, I used that money to buy cedar. Oh, man. Cedar. Folks, just four four fours of cedar cost me over $200. Yeah. Eight foot four fours. So you better believe I'm working my ass off on this fucker. Because if you spend that much money on wood, you ain't nailing shit. You ain't nailing shit. You need a good drill with good wood screws. You need a good sealant. Okay, you need all that shit. If you're going to spend it, okay, if this was half-ass dig from the scrap pile lumber, I wouldn't give a flying fuck. It'd be 10-cent nails, okay? Or, or excuse me, be 40-cent nails. <laughs> but when you pay for that, expensive ass red western cedar i got some rugged mixed in there with it man i'm telling you that's how come i've got a base on all the posts that's how come it's being concreted in that's a, <laughs> if i'm gonna spend this money i told him at the hardware store this is either going to be a thousand dollar fuck up or <laughs> hey one way or another i'm just going to talk about it guys It was my money. This is true. And my wife even says that. It's your money. But I never should have went and spent that kind of money without talking to my wife. And one of the reasons why I didn't call her is because I knew she would go, absolutely not. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, he is. Don't they have some equate cedar? (laughs) That's my wife. Don't they have some sure finds or best fucking choice cedar? She's polypractical, and I love her, and I wouldn't change her. We're a good balance. I like to spend, and if I'm going to build something, I'm going to get the best. She enjoys the equate life. That's right. What the fuck did I say about you, man? (laughs) My beautiful wife. Been married damn near 30 years. Well, here next month, we celebrate our 28th wedding anniversary. 
and then we'll be pushing 29. So anyway, or have we been married 28? I can't even remember anymore. Holy shit. I just know we've been married a long time. It took me a fucking decade to get her trained on trash bags. We don't buy shit trash bags in this house. You know why? I have lived in the city. I have lived in the country. It don't matter where you live. Picking up garbage in your fucking driveway is a pain in the ass. And I ain't doing it anymore. I don't give a fuck. It's just domestic throwaway. I'll take the reinforced 10-ply, triple-ply, steel reinforced fucking glad. Don't no equate trash bags. I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with equate if I'm wiping my sweet ass. But when 30 pounds of garbage bust out the bottom of your shitty-ass equate trash bag, I feel equal to an asshole for having trusted it. Sorry, you all may say I'm splitting hairs. That's because you ain't picked up fucking garbage in the driveway. Okay? Let me go dump your trash in the driveway in 10 below weather. And then you, you're you out there in your underwear or your boxers and a shirt trying to pick this shit up real quick for the trash guy gets there. After I've seen the videotape of you doing that, I'll be happy to sit down and listen to your lecture about how important it is to go cheap on the trash bags. When it comes to this garden arch, I was an ultimate asshole with a capital A for not calling her first and at least telling her, baby, you're going to be pissed at me, but I'm doing it anyway because it's something I really want. Instead, I had to surprise her, make her mad at me. She followed me out in the garage, let me have it, and basically like a spoiled child, I threw a tantrum, and I got my fucking way. (laughs) I'm kidding. Not a spoiled brat. Hey, guys, before we move on with the news here, and I've got some great local news coming up, so don't go anywhere. We're going to take a break here in a second, but I want to tell you something that I'm going to start doing here on this show, okay? Um, Now, it's not going to be on the show, but it's going to be at night. It's going to be a second show, a temporary show at night. And I haven't decided when I'm going to start it yet. Uh, Give me uh, probably next week. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and set a date now, or I'll never fucking do it. I'm going to give you my book on this show. I wrote a book. Well, I started writing the book a long time ago, but I I, I wasn't really writing it. I just kind of doing a a recollection write down of thoughts and memories past and all that stuff. And then I met a writer down in uh, New Orleans, Todd Cerillo. He's a really good writer. And uh, I met him at the Olivier and he was a super nice guy. And he gave me some great advice. He said, look, Stan, because I told him the struggles, man, I'm just having a hard time putting this book together. And he said, look, man. Pick that fucker up again and just start writing. And sure as shit, I did exactly what he said. And since then, I have written the book from front to end. But I haven't decided how I wanted to release it. And I just don't like releasing it by someone else's standards. So guess what? I'm going to release the book on my own terms. And it's going to be on this show. It's going to be an evening show. Um, I'll release it in chapters. It'll just be me telling the story. Reading the book and telling the story as we go. I'm really just doing it for me. I want to get it on record, you know. My Uncle David, uh, he was a writer. In Australia, I have listeners in Australia. Hey, thank you very much. My Uncle David was writer down there. You probably know him, David Conley. He wrote all your, well, not all of your college textbooks, but he made a career writing college textbooks down there and then up here for OSU and Oklahoma as well. But 
My uncle David, he always told me after he read the book, he said, damn, Stan, you got to have a screenwriter. You need a screenwriter for this. And I, well, I don't know about that. I'm not that starry-eyed. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is a really interesting story about how I got my ass handed to me. It's called Bombing Down Poinsettia. I have to read the book to understand the title, but story's really about the four women that came into my life out there, you know, when I first got out there as a teenager, and, you know, the first, you know, beautiful little Puerto Rican gal that was running out of Compton, yeah, she was the first gal, second gal was a beautiful Danish woman up in Hollywood, uh, third woman was a woman I fell in love with, and as a teenager, having never felt that way about anybody, uh, yeah, it was, it, I threw my entire moral compass right out the window. <laughs> and the uh, fourth woman was, um, well, the woman who tried to 86 our relationship, and me for that matter. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's, it's an interesting story, and I'm going to start giving it out in chapters on this show in the evening starting next week. If anything, I just want to get this shit on record. So the story is told, and we'll leave it at that. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here, and I'll be back with um, local news. Got some really interesting stories to give you. First, a mention from this show's sponsor, FireMeds Cannabis, Henrietta Stillwell. The cleanest smoke you're ever going to find is the one that comes from weed grown in all-natural living soil, and that's what you find at FireMeds Cannabis, Stillwell, Henrietta, America. I love FireMeds Cannabis because I know the farm my weed is coming from. There's no freaking mysteries. And the best part about FireMeds is no matter how good the weed is, $5 a gram. That's right. Not kidding, folks. FireMeds is not only a family farm-to-pipe bud dispensary, but it's also the home of the $5 gram. Don't take my word for it. Go to Leafly.com, L-E-A-F-L-Y.com. Check out FireMeds' entire menu including the most inexpensive RSO pain-relieving serum made on site. Place your order online, pull up to the drive through window there in Henrietta, and they'll have your order ready for you. You don't even have to get out of the car. Home of the $5 gram, FireMeds Cannabis, Henrietta Stillwell. Dame la cabeza hasta que esta muerta. Excuse me, miss. I just want you to know that I don't intend to sleep with another woman until I'm back here in your arms with my head resting between your creamy thighs. Jerk. Excuse me, miss. I just want you to know that I don't... Take a quick look at the news here. The headlines report to me. It's like a woman shot a man twice at a hotel because of a domestic dispute near Martin Luther King Avenue and Reno Avenue over there in OKC. I guess the man, after being shot, ran to the travel stop next door to contact the police. Chicken shit. Afraid to use the phone in the room? Huh? (laughs) Man was transported to the local hospital. The woman stayed. She's being questioned by police. Just questioned? Are you sure that's enough? Hey, did you shoot him? Okay, we just wanted to see. That guy must have been a tremendous asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma's getting ready to execute 
Richard Glossop based on zero fucking evidence. Zero evidence. Okay, just the testimony of the actual murderer who later retracted it and said, look, he's really innocent. I know how come Oklahoma is bound, damned, and determined to execute that innocent man. It's obvious he's innocent. Denied. That's the ruling from the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals on Richard Glossop's request to overturn his murder conviction. Now stop right there. The Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals completely sanctioned and governed by your crooked-ass fucking Oklahoma legislature. That's right. That Oklahoma Criminal Court of Appeals can be any size they want. They can arrange it and fix it any way they see fit. I want you to do your own reading. But if you're too fucking lazy, let me enlighten you a little bit. When a court of criminal appeals is arranged and fixed like that, that means it's manipulated, folks. That means it has the potential to be completely dishonorable. Now let's get back to the case of Richard Glossop. What I gather from my readings is that nasty-ass, fucking dirty-to-the-core district attorney, he completely manipulated that whole fucking trial. He manipulated the testimony. He manipulated the evidence just so he could get a big old double murder conviction and make a fucking name for himself. And he ain't going to take it back. Now, his reputation, his fucking name rides on this goddamn lie. That's what I think's going down. And if I'm right, and I believe that 88%, nah, rounded up to 90% sure I'm fucking right. Yeah. I bet that piece of shit sleeps like a fucking baby. Some are saying he got caught hiding evidence. Keeping it from the jury, yeah. And that nice, manipulated criminal court of appeals who can decide who stays and who goes, oh yeah. They got to keep him in there. You know why? (laughs) It's so much cheaper to kill an innocent man than it is to release one and have to fucking pay him off. I don't ever want to hear you folks talk to me about how Christian you are and how righteous you are and how much you love kids and shit and how the sanctity of life, fuck you. Unless you have picked up the phone and burned up the office line, state attorney general's trying to get him a, a new trial and they can't. Yeah. Because the fuckers won't listen. The people in charge, that'd be steady britches. What has he got to lose? He's not going to be in office again. He's cashing in off your ass again, Oklahoma. You should be blowing up the fucking phones of your senators, your congressmen, the courthouses. I've called. You're damn right I have. I can't call again. I got in trouble. I... <laughs> Former Governor Mary Fallon's office, they were so hypersensitive. I made the statement about her ass being grass, and that's all I said, but, you know, I had to answer for it. Of course, I didn't mean I was literally going to turn her fat ass into mulch or anything, but (laughs) I meant her reputation. You know what I mean. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to something else. Oklahoma, we've got problems in this fucking state, and the, the change starts with you.
Hey, now here is something that Oklahoma can hang their hat on. And I don't know why it didn't get more attention. This is a great story about one of Oklahoma's own. Sabrina Denham is her name here. And we're sending her to Oregon. A perfect excuse to say hello to all of our listeners in Oregon. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Turn it in up here. Appreciate it. We're sending one of ours up here, Oregon. Sabrina Denham. She's a barista. What's a barista? Well, somebody who serves coffee. Yeah, a barista. Well, Sabrina Denham is like a kick-ass barista. So damn good. She is on her way to Portland, Oregon for the barista championships. No kidding. They have competitions in this shit. No kidding. And Sabrina Denham is representing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Daytona of coffee serving, and I don't know why Oklahoma City news organizations didn't give her more attention. Oklahoma City covered the story, but they, like, give her a one-line story. They didn't, no audio, no video, no nothing. They just showed a picture of her standing in front of a cup of coffee and a chessboard. And Our amazing Oklahoma tonight is headed to the U.S. Barista Championship in Portland, Oregon. Sabrina Denham is the first barista from Oklahoma to make it to the championships. She happens to be a manager at Not Your Average Joe, which is an amazing coffee shop that employs adults with disabilities and has been pulling extra espresso shots for months in preparation. <laughs> we wish her the very best of luck. That's great. She does the designs. I think we've, we've done stories yes. together. She's doing those fancy designs. Very creative. In, in the middle of your coffee, that's, they're so pretty you don't want you to don't drink, drink it. it. Yeah, you're like, give yeah. me a straw, suck on the side here. <laughs> is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. All that dry newsroom humor. <laughs> <laughs> Mmm. Hot. How much time? You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time till we're on? We're on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. Hey, Sabrina, all kidding aside, Stan the Joke Man Show is absolutely pulling for you up there in Oregon. Have a great time, girl, and bring home the bring home the trophy or don't fucking come back. All right. <laughs> hey, you guys, I'm going to wrap it up early today. I got a lot of work to do on my rose garden. So, hey, let's shut this bitch down. Stan the Joke Man Show is a property of Joke Man Productions, LLC, broadcasting from the Boys Room Studios here in Henrietta, America. Everybody with you, Friday. High noon all over the frickin' place. I will be back on Monday. That'll be a fun day at high noon. Get some exercise. Get outside. Enjoy this weather if you can. Embrace your family. Burn it solid. I'll see you Monday. Bye, Candios, me amigos. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.